Travel Squad podcast. We're four friends that grew up together in the same small town. We followed each other to San Diego, and now we adventure the world together. One passport stamp at a time. We're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures. Even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. Kim. And I'm Dana. And And we're we're the Travel Squad podcast. So grab your ticket, your passport, and don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hello. Welcome to episode 82 of the Travel Squad podcast. We're taking you to St. Thomas and the U.S. Virgin Islands. St. Thomas is one of the U.S. Virgin Islands in the Caribbean, a beautiful tropical paradise that is not to be missed. And I absolutely loved, loved, loved our time we had there, Brittany. Unfortunately, this wasn't a squad trip. However, we did have our honorary squad members with us, our friends Kasha and Ryan from Oklahoma. Hey, Kasha and Ryan. They made it. Unfortunately, you ladies did not. I was on this trip through your Instagram photos and stories. It looked beautiful. The turtles looked amazing. The beaches looked great. I wish I was there. It looked like an absolute paradise. I can't wait to hear all about that. I was there with Kim through Instagram, swimming (laughs) with you, basking in the sun and enjoying Brittany's bikini every single day because every single fucking day she posted a picture with a new bathing suit. And I'm like, oh my God, how many bathing suits does she? I don't even have that many bathing suits. I love it. You live in San Diego and you don't own 30 bathing suits? I think I have maybe like three. But not 10 like Brittany did on well, the Well, you ladies lived vicariously <laughs> through our Instagram posts, and we are going to regale you with our tale right here, right now, in this episode of our time in St. Thomas. But by the way, you guys, I need like a little shout out here because how many times has Jamal said to me, I want to take a vacation where I just absolutely do nothing except for relax on the beach. And I provided that for him. Did you? Uh, She made me do a hike with quite honestly like, "Eh." so (laughs) I don't know if I can really count it as such, but it was really, really close. And yes, Brittany, you are very correct. This, for the most part, other than that hike, filled my requirement that I've been asking for for a long time of having my real R&R vacation of real easy days, not squad easy days, like real legit fucking this is an easy day. Well, wait a minute. What time did you guys wake up in the mornings? Well, it depended on the day. (laughs) Although we weren't up at crack of dawn early. So I will say that. Now do keep in mind on this trip, we're talking specifically about St. Thomas, which is the main island in the U.S. Virgin Islands. There's multiple We also went to St. John, which has a national park. We're going to be talking about that in another episode. And they also have St. Croix. We did not go to St. Croix. We did go to St. John, but we are focusing here on the main island of St. Thomas. So I just want to throw that out there. And I know you guys took this trip in January of 2021, which is still in the era of COVID. Mm -hmm. So tell me what it was like traveling there during COVID. So first off, you actually had to have a negative COVID-19 test within five days of travel. 
and it had to be a certified lab. It basically spelled out the requirements for you. And then you had to upload your results onto a travel portal. And then you were given a QR scan code for you to use at the airport upon arrival. Even though they gave you that QR code that you showed upon arrival, they still wanted you to bring that physical printed out copy of your negative COVID-19 test. So even though you uploaded it, check online and see what the requirements are if you're going to go. The only way to go is fly unless you have a boat and you're sailing yourself because they're not actually doing cruises now because St. Thomas, the specific city on the island, Charlotte Amale, which is the capital, is a very well-traveled cruise port in the Caribbean. They're not doing that now. So again, the only way by plane, you do need to print out your certificate when you go. Don't be fooled by the fact that you just uploaded it. They want that. The plane ride itself, um, there were a lot of people on the plane. And I think, you know, the mindset was everyone on here has been tested for COVID recently. And people were a little bit more comfortable, I think, because realistically, everyone had been recently tested. So there were a good amount of people traveling to the islands, but it wasn't packed on the island. It was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, you, you said that and it was just a different vibe on the plane. Masks were still required. I will say this, the flight to our flight was not full, but on our flight back to the mainland from St. Thomas back to Dallas, the flight was full. So I was actually expecting there to not really be that many people on the plane because there wasn't very many people going, but it was the opposite and reverse less people going more people coming back i think it's because we left like on a, a weekend that's why that happened but nonetheless felt a little bit more safe because everybody's tested and it's interesting because there's probably less flights available so that may be part of the reason why the flight was full that's true that's true did you guys have face shields or did you guys just settle with the mask? What did you wear? Because I know you have like super suited up before. We had super suited up with the face shields for a different flight on a different trip. But that was our first time flying after they changed the rules of keeping the middle seat open. So it was that air of caution. Wasn't really sure what it was going to be like and kind of scared. We didn't do that on this flight. Ever since then, we've been double masking on flights. Everyday life, I don't necessarily double mask. I don't think it's a bad thing if you do. I just don't. But on the planes, I always do now double mask what it about up. A but I did not face shield. Did you wear no, a no, no hazmat shield. No, because no face shield, but double mask. We did do a N95 as a bottom mask and then a surgical mask on top of that. So the plane ride back was a little bit more full, but like middle seats open? No, like literally it was a full flight. We were sitting by somebody, but our flight there, like it wasn't full. And by not full, there were even some rows that were open and no one was sitting by me and Brittany, but on the flight home, it was full. Gotcha. And so, yes, maybe people could have contracted it and had something happen on the island, but you still have that mindset of people are leaving. They came with a negative. If most people who are arriving are negative, the likelihood of catching it is very slim. So it made it for a more comfortable vacation too. And the fact that you're in a tropical place, you're really on the beach, open air is pretty much everything you can do. So it gives you that safety factor. And one other thing too is previously, they weren't requiring residents of the US Virgin Islands to get tested before coming back home if they traveled outside of the US Virgin Islands. And um, when we went, anyone that was arriving, whether they were a local or not, had to get tested. So their own residents were having to get tested before returning home to the U.S. Virgin Islands. 
So that gives a little bit of background on what it's like to get on an island these days, even traveling domestically within the United States. I mean, it's not a state, but it is a U.S. territory. Everyone who lives there are American citizens. So they have different rules because they are an island. Same thing with Hawaii, right? We've seen restrictions on how they're letting people into Hawaii because it's an island. They're doing the same thing in the U.S. VI. But let's get into a few tips that are really, really good to know. One thing that I would say is now, honestly, is really the perfect time to go to the U.S. Virgin Islands. And by now, I mean in the era of COVID if you are traveling. And I say this because the cruise ships are not going into port. So you have a lot less people that are on the island. You have the beaches really more to yourself, that kind of exclusivity of it. And everybody who is coming in now is getting tested. So it makes it for a less crowded and more relaxing atmosphere on the beaches. And if you aren't able to go now, we would recommend going in off season, which is actually April through June, so that you don't have a crowded beach experience. Another tip that we have is to stay at an Airbnb to save money. So getting to the island itself wasn't very expensive. We paid about $400 round trip for our flight, which is actually pretty good. But where they do get you is meals out. Meals out were kind of pricey. Around what price? I would say anywhere 20 to 40 bucks a meal for a decent meal, nice meal, regular meal, what kind of meal. I mean, even really a decent one. Granted, we were in a touristy area, but we went to this one little shop when we were out getting lunch. And most of the time that we were there every day, except that day, as a matter of fact, we actually made our own lunch when we went out to the beach because we were staying at the Airbnb. We had a cooler. We bought stuff. But this time we did not. And we just got like a taco plate, like a three taco plate. And that was 20 bucks in and of itself. Came with no chips, no nothing on the side. Just so the meals out are expensive. So staying at an Airbnb, buying your food, making your breakfast, making your lunch, having that ice chest to take with you on the road when you go to the beach really saves a lot. We did eat out every night for dinner. I won't deny that. We bought nothing to cook at the Airbnb for dinner. And those were a little bit more expensive, but the meals were good. I was pleasantly surprised with how good the food out at the restaurants yeah. were in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Like really fucking good. Was it Caribbean food like you get in like the Bahamas or like Jamaica? Like They had kind? like jerk chicken. Ooh. They even had a jerk chicken Caesar salad. Mm. But there's a lot of seafood going on mm. which was really, really good. And they did have some Caribbean eateries. So, But they also have American styled food as well. I, I was about to quote Brittany from a past episode. I can't remember which one it is, but uh, I believe the quote is, well, she's laughing. She knows what I'm going to say right now. Let's talk about jerk chicken. <laughs> like how did we make it that far into an episode about the Caribbean without talking about jerk chicken? And I was just about to ask about the jerk chicken. And then Brittany goes off on the jerk chicken. And I was like, man, Brittany and the jerk chicken. I love it. <laughs> yeah. But going back to what we were saying about the Airbnbs in terms of saving money. Yes saving meals. We've talked about this many other times in episodes about how that is the possibility with Airbnbs and why we love them. But again, lots of the Airbnbs, if you're staying at good places, they will have beach chairs because it's a beachy area. People know this. They'll have the ice chest. Our place even had snorkeling gear. You have extra towels to go to the beach. You have your washer and your dryer to wash your clothes or towels. And so it makes it a lot better that way for you staying at an Airbnb. 
Uh, quick question for you guys. So when you say that you spent $20 on the three tacos, that's just like a regular restaurant. That's not a fancy restaurant or anything like that. It was like a street side pub. So just a regular restaurant. Wow. Okay. Because I mean, I can see places charging $20, but for a street side pub, yeah, that is a bit pricey. Yeah. And then when we had our meals out, I mean, yes, Brittany gave you that range. A lot of our meals were no more than 25, but they did range up into that 40, even $50 range. But again, the food was really good. But if you do it every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it adds up versus cooking at home. Yeah. So one tip we didn't know until we actually got there. So we're passing this on to you guys. So squad tip. They actually drive on the left side of the road there in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Mind fucking blown. Was How it I got hard there. to adjust? Wait, did Brittany do the driving? <laughs> certainly, certainly. Did you even try joke. it? No, I did not. What a joke. You that, didn't want to try it? I would have so, wanted to at least try. Let me tell you guys what happened. So... I booked an Airbnb and then when I, once I booked the Airbnb, our host reached out to us and was like, hey, I also have a family rental car company. If you guys are interested, it's an SUV for this price, all included. And I was like, sweet. And when I looked at cars on Costco.com, they didn't even have SUV. So I was like, this is perfect. So I told him, yes, I'm interested. And he's like, cool, I'll meet you at the airport. So I call him when we get to the airport. He's like, okay, I'm right down the street. And then he meets us. He's like, here's your guys' car. And he throws the keys at Jamal. And he's like, by the way, we drive on the left. (laughs) (laughs) And Jamal gets in the car. He's like, are you fucking serious? Like, oh my God. I mean, we're in American territory. I mean, there's the U.S. Virgin Islands and the British Virgin Islands. And everywhere that's a British territory, they drive on the left. And so I was like, okay, I thought he was like joking to me because, you know, okay, I could see the British Islands over there. But yeah, they'll drive there, not here. But I don't know why I Googled why it is that they drive on the left in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Couldn't find it. But the steering wheels are on the appropriate side as if you drive on the right, but you're still driving on the left. So, you know, if you go to the UK. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. And the steering wheel's on the other side and you're driving. It wasn't. So it was a little tough to just get past that mental block of like, okay, I got to drive on this side and it's there. But honestly, like after a day, I really got used to it. Even though I made sure that Brittany and Kasha, every time we got in the car, remind me, drive on the left. I always remembered it. It just took a day, but I got used to it. You know who else drives on the left side of the road? Somewhere in Cyprus, I bet Cyprus you're about to say. Cyprus does. To me, yes. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Well, I was also going to say, Kim, like you said, would you like to try it? That gets us into our next tip because having the SUV was a necessity because the roads there are really, really shitty and really, really steep. You're turning blind corners a lot. And I just, it just didn't feel like I wanted to risk that. So when you're down at the ocean level, like in the port area where they usually have the cruise ships, the roads are really, really nice, really well paved, but you are on an island, but this is not a flat tropical island it's very mountainous and very hilly so you have a lot of those sharp turns that Brittany was talking about around the corners and the roads just have lots of potholes and things in them and they aren't very wide so I really minus like even if I was driving on the right side of the road I would have felt like I was really in another country even though I was in an American territory just because of the road conditions like when you're in the hill area like it's really crazy out there that totally threw me off so that goes to Brittany's point you want the SUV because it's going to be more durable to have than a low riding car on those roads. 
So another tip we wanted to talk about is to pack bug spray. There's a lot of sand fleas and other bugs and then also pack for sun exposure and you have to bring reef friendly sunscreen. I got torn the fuck up with bug bites, by the way, even though I had bug spray. So it happens. So wait a minute, though, real quickly. Brittany said that you have to bring in reef friendly sunscreen. So how are they monitoring that? Well, they really aren't, but it does say that it is oh, a law gotcha. that you are supposed to use reef-friendly sunscreen. So, we and if, to... if you don't use it, just like um, your regular brands of sunscreen here that don't specifically say that they're safe for reefs, it destroys the reefs. Exactly. And well, therefore the animal life that lives off of them. Right. And if somebody could just say, ah, oh, whatever, you know, then you may go there and the next time you want to go back, that may not be there for you to even see, right? So do your own diligence and protect the environment that you're going to see and what brought you there in the first place. For the record, I am a law abiding citizen. I was just curious. <laughs> I know you are, Zaina. I'm not trying to bring in any. You're no danger ninja. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I've been known to do a few things. Another thing, tip-wise, that totally threw us off is bring your passport or your global entry card. Even though it's an American territory, and if you are an American, because it is an island, and they have the cruise ships there, even though it's like completely different if you're coming on a cruise ship versus the airport. When you leave the island, even if you're going back to mainland, they have a customs area. So you can get through just fine with your driver's license because we didn't bring our passport because we're like, oh, this is American territory. It just takes longer for them to check you out to get into the terminal than if you actually had it. So do bring it if you have it, even though you're an American citizen. Um, can we back up real quickly? Because um, you did mention, sorry, going back to the sunscreen. Jamal, did you bring aloe vera? I did bring aloe vera, but this trip I was so good at putting on sunscreen, even though for my pale, pale, disgusting skin, I feel like I got a base. <laughs> um, I did not really peel or burn because I was really good about putting on my sunscreen. So this is the one time I brought my aloe vera and didn't even need it. <laughs> good for you, though. Good for you. And going back to Jamal's point about bringing your passport and global entry card, you know, as we move into non-COVID times, eventually we might be able to island hop back to the British Virgin Islands. And so you would definitely want your passport then. Because they're right there. I mean, there's lots of the beaches that we went to. I'm like, okay, wow. Like... Obviously, don't swim to it, <laughs> but you see it and you're like, I could swim to this. And this is a whole nother like country's territory right here. And I'm just looking right at it. And it's not even that far. Sometimes it's even closer than the other U.S. Virgin Island. That's part of the U.S. chain. So the British ones, what are the names of those ones? I there? do not know the names of the British ones. I didn't do too much research on it because we weren't even able to go. Mm -hmm. But I have heard that they are more luxurious in mm -hmm. terms of like really more better maintained than the u.s ones not to say in terms of like wildlife or scenic but in terms of like more resorty type feel hmm. okay so the last really fascinating fact we're going to leave you with before we really dive into the episode is there are no open container laws nice it's wild out there we got told that and we're like are you joking he's like no like did you see a no lot open of, container laws out there? And by that, I mean, I'm talking about in your vehicle, which I wouldn't Whoa. recommend or do. But yeah. Did you ever go out into the water and just like drink a beer in the water because you can? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but okay. 
they don't want you to take glass on the beach. So you can drink on the beach just in no glass. They rather have you have aluminum or if you have glass bottles, do pour it into a cup and take it with you. That's exactly what we did. But the open container isn't like on the beach or walking. I mean, we were told and we looked that they're really is no rule about drinking and driving, although I highly recommend nobody do something as silly as that, but that's how wild it is out there. So if you guys don't know where the U.S. Virgin Islands are, they are southeast of Florida, about 40 miles east of Puerto Rico in the northeastern Caribbean Sea. And the only way to get there is you can either fly into St. Thomas or you can arrive by personal yacht or cruise ship, but right now we're not cruising. Definitely, I'll be coming by yacht. I know. I was about to say, did you guys look into the yacht options? We did not look into the yacht <laughs> options. However, when we were at one of the beaches, we were watching some people on, well, I don't want to call it a yacht, um, but it wasn't a boat either. <laughs> it was kind of like mid-grade. They came really close to shore and were just like partying and we saw some uh, men hosting women twerking out there and they were giving everyone a show on the beach. That's no lie. Nice. So they were the yachting people. <laughs> we were not. <laughs> So we did stay in an Airbnb and it was a beautiful Airbnb. It had beautiful vaulted wood ceilings, a balcony with ocean views. It even had two master bedrooms and the master bedroom we had also connected to the balcony with the ocean views. So it was a really beautiful place to stay and we were very satisfied with our stay there. Yeah, and like we were saying earlier, it is a beautiful tropical paradise. It's known for its pristine white sand beaches, lush tropical foliage, and, you know, the Caribbean food and flair that Kim was talking about earlier. So, yes, it does have all of that. And do keep in mind, in the Caribbean here, there's lots of sea life in terms of coral, fish, whales, sea turtles. Again, one of the other islands, part of the USVI, which we're going to have another episode about, St. John. 60% of that island is specifically a national park. So there's lots to do out in the region. I do have a question for you guys, you know, because we like to show people how affordable travel is. When you're talking about this Airbnb, staying on it for a week, you guys did share it with Cash and Ryan. How much was it total? And then like once you actually break it down... So it was 1600 total for the entire week. And we stayed Sunday through Saturday, I want to say. And so that was 800 per couple. I mean, and even more so 400 per person if you really break it down. Right. And if we stayed almost about a week, I know Brittany said Sunday through Saturday, but if we break it down, that's like a little over $100 a night, which isn't uncommon. Yeah, which I was going to say isn't even uncommon for a hotel room stay, let alone the fact that we had a full living room, kitchen, ocean views, everything like that. So really good value for the money. Didn't it come with amenities too that a hotel may not have? Well, it had the washer and dryer. Oh, yeah. That's, and then that's amazing. He provided a cooler so we could pack a cooler every day nice. to take to the beach, beach chairs, snorkel gear. Oh, yeah. So he had a lot going on for his Airbnb. Right. And if you want to go to the beaches and do snorkeling and rent it, I mean, that's another, you know, 10 to 20 bucks per person, depending on whatever beach you go to. And here he was having four sets of snorkel gear for everybody included so you get the really good value for the money on that but speaking of the beaches let's get into that because that's really what we're going to the virgin islands for is that beach tropical oasis take me to the fucking blue waters baby they were blue yeah (laughs) let me tell you they were blue no beach disappointed every single beach had white sand clear blue 
turquoise water and each beach was very unique. Every time you're like describing a beach, it's like, yeah, it's a beautiful white sand beach with clear water. But then you actually go to the beach and you find something unique about it. So the first beach we went to was called Megan's Bay Beach, and this is located on the north side of the island. It's probably St. Thomas's most popular beach. And like I said before, the sand is white, but at this beach, it stretches for nearly a mile. So there's a lot of beach space for you to stretch out on. And the water here, because it's a bay, is very, very calm. So it's really good for swimming and floating and for families with small children. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. That's one of my favorite things about this beach here on St. Thomas was the fact that it's in such a large bay. And it's literally a perfect U-shape, right? And so it really does make it for good calm water, good snorkeling. Unfortunately, there is a small fee for this beach. It is $5 per person plus $2 for parking, but it is very well worth it. They have lots of good amenities, good restrooms, changing rooms. They even have picnic tables in the area. So if you've brought your own food, you could sit at the picnic tables and just relax. And it creates for a beautiful, nice, relaxing experience out there. What did you guys do on this beach? We just lounged, swam, and then we ate lunch here. How was the temperature of the water? Oh, amazing. Like, it's chilly at first, but once you're actually fully submerged in, you're like, this is perfect. It's perfect Caribbean water. You know how I am getting into water. I'm a little (laughs) bitch about it. I don't like getting in, like, all at once, Um, but... I was able to get in relatively quickly in this water. And like Brittany said, once you're in it, I mean, it's perfect. You don't have that chill on you or anything like that. It's great. I have a question. When you get into the water, what is the sand like? Is it actual like true sand or, and the reason why I ask this is because in Belize, when I was in the water in like the, the K islands, it's almost like this clay substance, like wet clay. It wasn't actually sand, even though it was sand leading into the water. And that's like around the same area. And that's a really good question because The next beach we talk about has different sand than this beach that we were at. Here at Megan's Bay, the sand is really pristine, nice, fine white sand. So it's really, really nice. But again, depending on which beach you actually go to, it's going to be a little bit different. Before we get to that next beach and tell you about the texture of that sand like you're talking about, I did forget to say that here at Megan's Bay Beach, you also can rent paddle boards, kayaks, and again, Pro benefit of the Airbnb, we had the beach chairs. If you don't have them, you can rent beach chairs here. But another really popular beach is going to be Sapphire Beach. And this is located on the east side of the island. But this beach is a little bit more grainy with the sand. And there is more coral wash up on the beach. So it's a little bit more course and if you were to walk on it your feet will actually hurt because you're walking on like coral pieces that have washed up so it just really depends on the beach where you're at what the texture of the sand is so this beach you didn't have to pay to go here and one cool thing was we saw these huge iguanas that were just frequenting the area how big huge (laughs) no they were actually quite large Uh, no i mean we're not talking six or nine footers no these things were maybe about like three and a half maybe four with their tail like the really really long ones yeah oh wow and they were on the grass area at the resort and i saw a few on the sand too like going under people's beach chairs and i was like oh my god (laughs) oh my god yeah so we saw lots of the uh iguanas here one thing i forgot to say this will ring a bell to you ladies for Kauai. 
there's a lot of cock on the beach. And by that, I mean chickens just roaming <laughs> around the beach like there was in Kauai. What about the other cocks? How many people were about these beaches? <laughs> <laughs> just wondering, was it pop- a popular beach? Uh, all, of the, beach? all these beaches are really popular beaches to go and visit. Actually, at Sapphire Beach, there is a resort and hotel in that area. It is a public beach, so you don't have to actually pay. But they're all really, really popular. Even during COVID while you were there, lots of people? For people traveling during COVID, there was, but for what it usually is, there wasn't. But you go during normal times, I guarantee you these beaches are popping and it's going to be really, really hard to find a space. Wow, and the iguanas are out with all those people? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Brittany said that they're going under people's chairs and shit like that. Are they aggressive or are they just kind of like, boo, I'm there? They didn't seem to be aggressive. They were just kind of like, boo, bitch, I'm here. <laughs> okay, anyone but Jamal. What's this movie? That's a huge bitch. You see I it don't, a lot, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. Deuce, big a So like Jamal said, this area has a beach resort. So there is a bar and grill on the beach. So if you get hungry, you can pop over to the bar and grill, grab something to eat. Did you do so? We did not. We had, did you guys swim? Oops, we sorry. did swim. We did swim. But we didn't really eat out for lunch, like I was saying, because we packed sandwiches and chips and soda and beer. And even for Brittany and Kasha, they didn't want to necessarily drink the beer. We bought them the Malibu rum, some juice. They made some cocktails Ooh, out there on the beach. Yeah. And so, no, but I will say this, the food that they were cooking at that grill smelt bomb, but we had fresh sandwiches made daily by Jamal. For everybody to the enjoy. The old Jamal special. Oh, the old Jamal, Jamal special. You didn't make sandwiches at all. I made the sandwiches. The old That's Britney a lie. special. <laughs> That's a lie. So we're moving on to our next beach, which is called Koki Beach. And this beach, Kim, I think this would have been your beach. Why would it have been my beach? Well, you know, when Jamal talked about the yacht kind of pulling up and there was girls twerking. (laughs) This is where that was. I saw Kim on the yacht. Kim was there. She may have swam up and been like, let me join the yacht party. I told you I was on this trip. Did I not? (laughs) This is the party beach. You know, the boat was on the water with the music. And then when I told the Airbnb host, I was like, hey, he was like, what did you guys do today? And I was like, oh, we went to Koki Beach. And he goes, oh, did you smoke some weed while you were there? Yeah, Yeah, everyone was smoking when we were there. I mean, you could just it smell legal? it. Um, I saw many, many signs for medicinal. I think I Googled it when I was there. I'm trying to remember if my mind is deceiving me and this is really reality, but you I don't know. I don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's legal recreationally. It was legal medicinally, but we know how that was in California, right? It's just a front right. to really, you know, have it. But I think it's one of those things that it's just non-enforcement of. Mm-hmm. So people were smoking on the beach. It was more a party beach, even though we did see families, but this is a more party beach vibe to it. Did you guys go into the water? No, we did not go into the water because we had just gone to Coral World, which we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode. And Coral World is right by Koki Beach. And so we were already in the water, did some underwater activities with that. So when we went there, it was more just so to sit on the beach, enjoy the view of the women twerking, in my opinion. (laughs) Just kidding. But uh, just drink beers and kind of really relax. And I mean, this is one of the more popular beaches that people go to. So it was like we wanted to hit all the beaches and it was there. 
how long did you spend on this beach? Oh, I would say maybe about 45 minutes or an hour before we packed Mm, it in. That's not too long. Yeah, maybe an hour. But we had just been at Coral World, so that kind of played into it. And we were getting hungry for dinner. But this is one of the beaches we saw some of the cocks on the beach again, where I got a really good shot with the um, chicken right next to the So you have twerking and cocks on the beach? Yeah, you do. That is a party. And not only that, this beach also has, you know, really good amenities. They have the bathroom. They have lounge chair rentals, umbrella rentals. They have food options. I even saw somebody coming out and taking food orders for people and then bringing them out food on the beach too. So... It's not just go there and you're on the beach. It really is kind of being waited on type experience if you choose to use the amenities that they have there and don't bring them yourself. Did you bust out your cock tail? I did not. I busted out the beer. Brittany busted out her cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) And although Jamal and I did not get in the water here, this beach is known for really good snorkeling because it is right next door to Coral World, which is known for its coral reefs. I'm excited to hear all about Coral World, because every time I hear you say Coral World, all I hear is Wally World, Dad. <laughs> well, this is Coral World, Zaina. <laughs> and we'll get we'll get into it, though. I actually, I'm excited to talk about Coral World, because it's fun, and we're going to get to it, but we just want to finish the beaches here, which we're on the last one, which is Lindquist Beach. Yeah, so I asked Dexter, that's our host name, hey, what's your favorite beach on the island? And he said Lindquist Beach. So I was like, all right, definitely want to go here. And it's one of the island's most beautiful and pristine beaches. And they do charge to get into this beach. It's $5 per person and then another $2 for parking. Sounds like that's like the going rate for beaches. Yeah, going rate for beaches. But it was a really, really beautiful beach. And it's actually part of a protected area called Smith Bay Park. The sand is very soft and white. And in the right light, it even has like a touch of pink to it. Ooh. So it's really pretty. It's really pretty. And the water is clear turquoise, perfect for swimming and snorkeling. And here is where we saw some sea turtles. Jamal even saw a stingray, a huge a bitch. A large, 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 huge bitch. That's really <laughs> sad. Stingray. Yeah. I mean, this was the only beach on St. Thomas that we actually were able to see and snorkel with sea turtles. Otherwise, it was when we were on St. John in the National Park Island that we saw it. So this place I would highly, highly recommend if you're not going to be island hopping later to St. John to go to Lindquist Beach if you want to do some sea turtle snorkeling because odds are you're going to come across them. We saw tons of sea turtles, some of them swimming in pairs, some of them swimming solo. And like Brittany was saying, I did come across one very, very large stingray that was swimming. As soon as I tried to get my GoPro up for it, it submerged down and buried itself in the sand. So I didn't get it on my GoPro Mm. to upload to YouTube for you guys. But they were there and we saw several sea urchin just as well. And we didn't really see a lot of coral in this area, but definitely still a lot of sea life. Is this where you got the video of the sea turtle eating the jellyfish? No, I got that one in St. John. Uh-huh. Uh, but I do have some GoPro footage of the sea turtles here at Lindquist Beach. But the one that you've seen specifically of it eating the jellyfish was at St. John. Uh-huh. And also this beach has views of St. John and the other British Virgin Islands. Yeah, I would highly recommend this beach. I enjoyed this one a lot with Megan's Bay just because it was a bay in real calm waters. But in terms of actual beach, I would say Lindquist was my favorite also. And how long did you spend here? Several hours. This was our last day that was really more so like an easy day. We had nothing to do except go to the beach. I think we spent at least four hours just sitting at the beach. 
Yeah, because this was our very last day. We wanted to sleep in. We slept in. We had Until a what about seven a.m. <laughs> <laughs> this I one I would like say maybe about eight thirty nine. That's yeah. that's late for the squad on that vacation. That is, for, by you the know way. what? That's impressive. That is sleeping. And then in. we had, um, and we didn't even leave till later because we had breakfast and everything. Yeah, on our balcony for one last time, and then mm. we went over to the beach and we spent just like basically all day at the beach before we went home, showered, and went to dinner. I do have a question about all of the beaches. Compared to your Airbnb, what was the distance, like radius, between your Airbnb and all of these places? I was going to ask that too, because like there's so many beaches and there's four. So I'm kind of like even looking at it as a clock in my head of like a 12 o'clock, a three o'clock, you know, six o'clock and a nine o'clock beach. How big is like the island? And then So what you can pretty say? much get across the island in about 30 to 40 minutes. Oh, wow. Um, I, I, isn't it about like 14 miles, the yeah. island? It's not very large, but like we were saying earlier, the roads aren't the best. So it takes longer. You have to go through sometimes the center of the island over the top point of the hill and down through windy roads. So it takes longer than it is. But realistically, if you're just doing a straight shot from one place to the other, it will take you no more than 30 minutes to get from like one beach to the next, if not a lot sooner than that. Quite so honestly. not walkable from your airbnb no no um and then sapphire beach koki beach and lindquist beach they weren't far from our airbnb at all the farthest beach we went to was megan's bay which was probably about 30 minutes away but the other ones were, were pretty close like 10 to 15 minutes away so for such a small island did you guys run into a lot of the same people no no <laughs> not at not all quite honestly no not at all wow. did you feel like you ran out of things to do in the amount of time that you were there? Nope, not at all. Huh. Oh, and at Lindquist Beach, we even saw people riding horses onto Ooh. the beach. Oh, wow. Yeah, first, I mean, we just talked about the beaches here, but we're going to get into a couple other things to do that we did other than just go to the beaches. So I really didn't feel like we ran out of a lot of stuff to do. And again, we did go out to dinner every night. So each night was a new restaurant, a new bar, having drinks. So we really kept ourselves busy and had a good time question for you guys. When you're saying that you're paying like $5 per person every time you go, it is cash, right? Obviously, you always want to travel with cash. Maybe that is a tip that maybe I need. <laughs> maybe other people already do travel with cash. But like you can't pay credit card or anything like that. It was cash. I forgot which beach it was. One of them did accept credit card, but she said the machine was down. So it is one of those things where you're going to want to have cash when you go to the beaches. Everything else, like in terms of restaurants or souvenirs, you know, credit card is fine. But for the beaches, yeah, it's a really good tip to have that cash to pay for it, especially if the machines are down like we had experienced at one of the places. Isn't it funny? They always say the machine is down. I think it's bullshit. Yeah, I know. We don't want to take the fees. Hey, travelers, let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We now have six different trip itineraries. One week in Kauai, an American Southwest weekender road trip, a week in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks, a road trip adventure featuring all three of Washington State's national parks, Big Island, Hawaii, and an Arizona road trip that features all three of Arizona's national parks. We are obsessed with these. These itineraries are 20 to 30 pages PDF guides with every detail of the trip laid out. We're talking about where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance fees, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, what things to see and do, the hikes we recommend, the mileage of the 
hikes and even the recommended time to a lot for each one, plus so much more. We have story highlights on our Instagram at Travel Squad Podcast where you can see the full guides. We have done all of our research and actually taken these exact trips. And we have taken all of the guesswork out of the planning. So all you have to do is show up and have fun. Purchase your comprehensive Travel Squad Podcast itinerary on our website at travelsquadpodcast.com. Best of all, they're on sale right now for $25. That's 50% off the regular price. So travel on over now to get yours today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So other than the beaches, there are more things to do on the island. So we're going to go into some of those things that we did. One of the things that we did was called Drake Seat. And Drake Seat is a panoramic viewpoint offering really nice views of Megan's Bay, which we talked about earlier, the U.S. Virgin Islands, the British Virgin Islands, and it has just some of the best lookouts. And it was named after the famous explorer Sir Francis Drake. I've heard of him. Haven't we all in history? <laughs> Maybe no one remembers him specifically and what he did, but we recall the name. Didn't right? we go through the Strait of Gibraltar? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. But nonetheless, he was a famous explorer. It is named after him. And, you know, it really just does offer perfect photo opportunity views, especially during sunset. And there is a stone wall that you can sit or stand on. But if you look across the street, you'll see that there's actually an elevated bench that you could sit on to just really give you more relaxed views if you want to sit there. I will say this as a squad tip. I know going here is listed as a activity to do if you go on cruises as like one of the shore excursions. If you're going to come here on a cruise, I would not say do this unless you're really like immobile and can't do anything else. It is nice views, but to pay the price that I'm sure a cruise ship will charge to do this as an excursion, I don't see it as worth it. But if you are staying on the island and have it at your own leisure, it's definitely a must do. But if it's my only thing to do on a cruise, I would not do it. You mentioned that there's like a bench across the street where you can sit on and enjoy the views. Are there several benches or is there like one bench? Interestingly, just one. One. <laughs> so wouldn't it be crowded? Well, that's why we said go during COVID times right now. There's not really many people on the island. Well, Drake only had one seat, Zana. It's called Drake's seat, not seats. Oh, I'm <laughs> you know what? When Brittany said that, I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> okay, I got it. I got it now. So we also went to a place called Mountaintop, and this is actually the highest point of St. Thomas, and it has a huge gift shop, huge, and it offers duty-free shopping, and it has a bar inside of the gift shop, guys. Ooh. A legit bar. So this place is actually one of the excursions people can do on cruise ships. And it has such a large shop because I'm sure people come here from the cruises and it's like, okay, here's all my stuff, you know, Christmas ornaments, shirts that say St. Thomas, etc., etc. But they are famous here for the bar for their banana daiquiris. Tell me so you had one. We, we definitely got a banana daiquiri and my, oh my, do they not spare the rum 
on that. <laughs> they pour the pretty much like the entire bottle in there. You see them mixing the drink, and then when it's all done and they pour it in your souvenir cup, they just add a little bit more rum on the top of it, and we definitely got ourselves a solid little buzz. Did you guys split the banana daiquiri, or did you each get no, your we own? did. I can't even imagine driving after it having a full big. one. It, it was. Well, like I was looking at the prices and they had like an eight ounce one and it, I I don't even know how much it was. It was probably like 13 or something dollars. And for like the 21 ounce one, it was only a few dollars more. And I was like, well, why wouldn't we just get that? Because it has more liquor in it anyways. It's more liquor than two eight ounce ones. And it's cheaper than it would be for two eight ounce ones. See, squad tip. Do your math. (laughs) And it came with a souvenir cup. If you got the eight ounce, you didn't get it. You didn't get that. So that's what we did. And directly left of the bar, there's an observation deck that is 1,500 feet above Megan's Bay. And it has really beautiful views of St. John and the British Virgin Islands. So you can enjoy your drink while looking out to those beautiful views. And we did. And and again, the drink was so stiff. And as we said earlier, they had no open alcohol rules. So we took, you know, a few sips, had some of it. We didn't finish it. Brittany and I were splitting ours, but we were like, all right, well, we're going to the beach. Just hold the cup. And we actually (laughs) took the remainder of it to the beach to finish it because we knew we were going to spend more time there than it's like, oh, I don't want to drink this and have to sit in this gift shop. But we got there so early and because there's no cruises, we were literally the first ones in there. And I mean, it was crazy to be in such a big gift shop with absolutely nobody. And even though we were there at opening, they didn't open the bar till a little bit later. So it's like our, <laughs> we had to sit there meandering the gift shop a little bit. But the view outside is really, really nice. Guess what time we started drinking this banana daiquiri? Um, 10 a.m. 9 a.m. 9.30 a.m. Damn. <laughs> this really is an easy vacation. We were on island time, man. We were on island time. <laughs> I love it. I would love to see a picture of this souvenir swashbuckling cup. Well, lucky for you, Zaina, I actually have the cup sitting here. I will show it to you later because I'm not going to get up as we're recording to pull it out of my (laughs) cupboard, but I have it for you and I will show it to you. Perfect. Perfect. So moving on to what you want to talk about, though, Zaina, Coral World. Brittany, why don't you tell everybody what Coral World is? It's a marine park where you can explore coral reefs, see marine life, indoor and outdoor, and learn all about the ocean and their conservation efforts. So they do have up-close opportunities so you can see dolphins, sea lions, sharks, and even go underwater and into the reef via like a sea track or a snuba tour. And we did the sea track and can't wait to tell you all about it. What's a snuba? That's exactly what I was just going to say. Snuba is basically a form of snorkeling, but not having the tube and having to really be on the surface to get your own air. It is snorkeling with a tube that supplies you oxygen underwater. So you don't have to surface. You don't have to get back up. You can stay down as long as you want. So that's what snuba diving is. But it's really snorkeling with an actual oxygen and air tube so you can stay down. But we did the sea trek, which is really awesome. And I guess in a way it is a form of snubaing because they put a helmet on you that they supply the oxygen into through the tube that's being fed from the surface and so because there's oxygen in there it's able to push the water out so it doesn't come up into your helmet and so we did the underwater trek where literally around the coral they've put some rail posts that you can hold on to and we just walk through literally underwater
water, walking on the floor of the ocean with some coral reefs around us, all the fish and everything like that. And we're just being fed oxygen through the helmet. And it's so weird. I mean, because it's open, you'd think the water would come up because but so much air is in it that it just makes it so that the water doesn't rise up into your helmet. Interesting. So let me explain this too. So we were on like this elevated platform above the water and then you basically have to go down this ladder and as you're partially submerged into the water, they put this helmet on top of your body over your head and it's 75 pounds. So it's made to weigh you down onto the ocean floor. So you can feel like the weight of this helmet and because it's keeping the oxygen circulating in the helmet, your face stays dry which is awesome. So your face doesn't even get wet at all. And you're just looking through this clear helmet, basically, while you're walking the the seafloor. So as you go down the ladder, you start to look out and you see huge fish, all sorts of marine life, the coral, you can see how beautiful it is. And everyone individually starts to just go down. And I don't know if you I've, I've told you guys this before you remember this about me, but I don't like to be the last person to do something. I just want to get it over with, especially if I'm kind of nervous. So when they asked who wanted to go down first, I was like, yep, that's me. <laughs> I know, I know, because I remember that about you because you were mad that Jamal skydived out of the plane first. And I'm just <laughs> like, she's fucking crazy. <laughs> she wanted to go first. So um, interesting, interesting. But that was a cool experience doing that at Coral World, the Sea Trek. It was about $86. They have other things that you can do, which is like get in the water with sharks, although they aren't dangerous sharks and it's not actually in the ocean. They have their tanks on the surface. They even had walkthrough areas that we can do and see like exotic parrots. And we saw lots of the iguanas in that area too. Mm -hmm. We saw them feeding the sea turtles. Yeah. So with your ticket, whatever you purchase to do, it gives you access to everything else that they have on the surface. So again, watching them feed the sea turtles. They even had an aquarium where we saw the largest puffer fish that I've ever seen in my life (laughs) and like other types of fish. So a really cool experience, but being underwater with that helmet on and just holding on to the rail and walking through like coral reef that's real and seeing all the fish was such a unique experience. I highly, highly recommend that. You were like a duck. You didn't get wet. My face didn't get wet. Your face didn't get wet. Hey, I have a question for you. Are you able to take your GoPro on that or is that something? No, you're not allowed because they have somebody else who's filming you guys down there and they obviously want to sell you the video so they don't allow you to bring your own GoPro down. Otherwise, I would have had that footage. Mm. And they do even pick up a few sea creatures for you to hold too. So we did get that experience. What did you hold? It was almost like a sea urchin, but it really wasn't. But I don't remember specifically what it was. And then what was the other thing? It was like a sea star. Yeah, it was a sea star, but like one of the faster moving ones that you can actually see the legs move, not really the rigid sea stars. How fun. Yeah, it was cool. cool. I actually thought that you guys were going to take us to Coral World, like a place where it's all coral. No. Yes. Yeah, so but down below the water it was, but <laughs> yeah. up on the surface it is not. Coral underwater world. Yeah. So one of the other things we did was explore Charlotte Amale, which is the downtown area, kind of the main port area. So if you were ever to go on a cruise ship, this is the area that you would be docking in. And it's the capital and the largest city of the United States Virgin Islands. 
the main attractions that you're really going to want to see is going to be Blackbeard's Castle. It's located on the hilltop in Charlotte Amale. I'm sure we've all heard of the famous pirate Blackbeard. It was his old fort. There's a little bit more history that goes behind it. But when we get to the top of it, it's not as impressive as you would think. We didn't get to do the tour of it because it's been closed since the last hurricane that came through in 2017. And they haven't reopened it. But there is this famous 99 steps, which is truly 103 steps <laughs> that, you can, that you can take from a surface road and climb to the top versus driving. And it's actually not that bad to do. It wasn't hard at all. But what's really interesting, as I forgot the story about those steps, they were originally built, weren't they, by the Dutch the with certain Danish like bricks people. that they brought over from um, Denmark. Denmark, yeah. <laughs> Did it look Danish at all? It did not. It's been worn and torn through the years, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> and is this where most of the cruise ships come? Charlotte Amale specifically, yes. That's the main docking area of the cruise ships. And so this is one of the attractions around which is going to be Blackbeard's Castle. But like I said, it's one of those novelty things, not really too impressive when you really think about it. The name's cooler than what it was. But what was really cool to see was Fort Christensen. Well, before we go into Fort Christensen, I just want to say the panoramic views that you get of the harbor from Blackbeard's Castle are really good or like up, up those stairs and along the way. So we did take the 99 steps the 103 steps um <laughs> and there were points where we could turn around and look at the harbor and those views were really nice yeah good point the views were really nice the castle itself was a lot to be desired at that point and i want to say that those steps were created by the danish so that they could get down the hills faster because like we've said before the island is really hilly so they created those steps for faster access but like Jamal said, he was really impressed with Fort Christian, and so was I. It was a Dano-Norwegian built fort in Charlotte Amale, and it's right on the harbor, and it was also a prison at one point. By the way, you said Fort Christensen earlier, so yes. I was kind of confused. Yeah, Fort Christian. I don't know why I said Christensen, so good okay. on the correction on that. Oh, yes, so it it's Fort Christian. Christian. Okay, cool. It does have a $10 per person fee. Now, normally during non-COVID times, they actually do legitimate tours. They talk about how it was a prison, how it was a spot before they moved natives on the island who they took to other islands to become slaves. So it has a long, long history with it. And even though they weren't doing tours, we were one of the few people that actually visited that day so someone who worked there didn't give us a full-blown tour but had us stand away from him a little bit was telling us more of the history after we had explored it so it was really really fascinating so if you can get to fort christian during non-covid times and do the tour i highly recommend it it gives a great great history of the island from colonization from the danish all the way to the present time so so fascinating so other than doing these things on St. Thomas, other things you can do are like take a ferry to a nearby island. We mentioned earlier, we did go to St. John, which is home to the Virgin Islands National Park, which we're going to talk about in another episode. You can also island hop to St. Croix or Water Island, which is home to the popular beach called Honeymoon Beach. And if we were to ever go back, we might go there. And then also you island hop in non-COVID times to the British Virgin Islands. But just going back to what you were saying, Brittany, about the other U.S. Virgin Islands in St. John, where we were staying in an area called Red Hook was close to the ferry port that takes you directly to St. John. So if you are going to be island hopping, that is a good recommendation to stay in the Red Hook area because it is right by the ferries for that to do. 
I have a question for you guys. At the beginning, you did make the comment that you did like one hike. Where in all of this was the hike? Is it the 103.99 No, stairs? it's coming up in the St. John episode when the oh. National Park, we did some hiking. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay. On St. Thomas, I didn't even make him hike. Can you believe that? I mean, unless you count well, the she made me, yeah, Well, she made me do the <laughs> 99 <laughs> steps. That was, that was a hike. It was a hot, humid day that day, by the way. So it made it a lot worse than it really was. How uh-huh. many days did you spend doing stuff on St. Thomas? We spent, well, we were there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, our last day and left Saturday. So four days in St. Thomas because two of them, we went to St. John, but we never spent the night on St. John. We always came back that day. So four days on St. Thomas. So that pretty much wraps it up in terms of, you know, the beaches, activities, things to do and see, but things to drink and try on the island is the local bushwhacker, which I love that name (laughs) of the drink. (laughs) And what it really is, it's a creamy chocolate pina colada, has vodka, Kahlua, dark crema de coca, as well as cream of coconut, triple sec. So this will really get you going and get you in those island vibes. And it's a very, very famous drink out there, the bushwhacker. That sounds still, I love pina colada. I'm not too sure about like chocolate within it, but I'm willing to try it. You know, I tried one. Um, well, I didn't get one, but Ka- I think Kasha ordered one. So I tried hers and it was actually really good. Yeah. It mm. tasted like a chocolate milkshake almost. Mm. Brittany was more into the painkiller, which is another <laughs> drink for you to try. Yeah. The painkiller was rum, pineapple juice, orange juice, cream of coconut, and mm. it was topped with a little bit of nutmeg and it had a little pineapple slice. That was pretty good. And then also their world famous banana daiquiri that we talked about earlier when we were at mountaintop but what was so funny i just have to throw this in was one of the nights that we went out to dinner we saw that they were advertising two for one drinks and we're like awesome this is like great happy hour two for one drinks it's a great story by the way i forgot like, all about this wait, wait, wait sorry real quickly when we're talking about drinks how much are like each of these drinks that you're talking about oh no more than ten dollars cool and these are like the popular drinks when you're going to different restaurants yeah yeah okay and ten dollars cool. is the high and some of them were like cheaper maybe around like seven to ten depending on the restaurant right yeah okay cool but that's really cool two drinks for ten dollars yeah so we were like okay it was happy hour every day we're like we're in the happy hour time we're gonna take advantage for this two for one and so our thought was jamal will order a drink and then mine will essentially be free because you know two for one so we each order the pina coladas same with cash and ryan Mm -hmm. and um we ordered them and we're like is this true? Like a two for one? She's like, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I asked her, she was taking our order. I was like, is this for real? Like that sign legit two for one on the drink. She's like, oh yeah, absolutely. So Something we're like, tells me this isn't. Two for one. <laughs> so, so, so we were like, oh fuck yeah, dude, Brittany's going to get a drink for free. Cash is going to get a drink for free. If me and Ryan order one, this is great. Like what a deal. We, you know, with the fucking hard model, right? Like, like yeah. hard. So at one point, Jamal looks behind him and he goes, damn, that's a lot of drinks over there. I hope some of those are our pina coladas. All of those drinks were our pina coladas. They gave you two each. They yeah, gave us two each. Gotcha. <laughs> so two for $10. <laughs> and they were really strong, solid they pina coladas. Had, they were big drinks, So too. it was such a pleasant surprise. She came and like, all of these? Like, I thought, like, I got one. She got one. No, no, no. That's like two for one. You get two. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is great. <laughs> That's crazy. Kim, you would have had a great time at that restaurant. That's nice. <laughs> that sounds so good. So the last thing we really want to talk about is going back to the airport to go home. As sad as it is after being on this beautiful island for a week, the one tip we do have for you is to get to the airport 
early. Our host told us that we should be there three hours early. And we weren't anticipating that because, you know, now we're, we're getting to that airport an hour early at the mm-hmm. most, right? He yeah, he, like, he told us that a while back, like when we were telling him, when do we have to return the rental car to you? And he says, oh, well, what time's your flight? And we told him and he said, oh, well, you should get to the airport like three hours early. I, was like, I don't know. That seems like a lot of time. I was like, well, we'll talk about it as we get closer because his unit was like right below ours. So we saw him like every day just in passing. And then on the last day, he asked us again, you know, like, when are you going to the airport as I was taking out the trash? And I told him, and he said, what time's your flight? And he said, that's really cutting it short. He's like, you really need three hours. And that prompted us to Google, like, how much time do you need at the St. Thomas Airport? And it did say like two and a half, three hours. But why? Because you have to go through immigration and customs, even though it's part of the United States. Ah. All the flights are pretty much leaving at the same time. Even during non-COVID times, most of the flights leave at the same Same time. time. So everybody's getting to the airport at the same time. There's the slowdown because you you have to go through customs and immigration and then there's a secondary line of customs and immigration but under a different name i forgot what it was that you have to go through so it's a very very slow process and like i was saying earlier if you don't bring your passport because we were thinking oh we're americans what do we need a passport for it takes longer if you just have a driver's license because then they have to search you in other databases versus like here's your passport database mm-hmm. with the department of state and can find your information so it takes takes a long time to get through. So you really do need to be at the airport three hours before because by the time you're through, you have about an hour before your flight. It took us like two hours to just get through. So you guys did end up eventually like you went three hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, after he told us that a second time and we Googled, do we really need it? And everybody said yes (laughs) on those threads. Yes. You guys are so he's telling you for the second time and you're like, I don't know if I should believe this native. (laughs) It wasn't necessarily don't know if to believe him, but I mean. You know, they always say two, three hours, and it's never really the case. You really don't need that even traveling internationally here, like on the mainland, right? And we weren't checking luggage. We weren't checking luggage. So we were like, why do we need to get there so early? And yeah, you really do need to get there early. Good tip. (laughs) (laughs) But so this was our process to return our rental car. We drove to the airport. We parked in a non-reserved spot. And Jamal put the keys in the um, visor. In the visor, and we called our Airbnb host, and we're like, "Hey, that's where we left our car." <laughs> he went to go get it. Well, because yeah. he's his own rental car yeah, company, yeah. right? So it's not like I have a spot at the airport. He's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. just put it in a parking spot, and like, I'll come get it." <laughs> Why like, wouldn't oh. you just leave it at the house? If because you we would... needed to get to the airport. Oh, right. And so he was doing something else at that time. So it's not like he was going to chauffeur us then to the airport. And and that's what he told us to do. Yeah. So interesting cool. experience if you do it that way. Otherwise, yes, at the airport, they have regular rental car companies. But again, everything that we looked at didn't have SUVs. So if you want an SUV, you know, Dexter was our host. Find his units on Airbnb. Highly, highly recommend it. Dexter's your man. All right, Kim, I think it's actually your favorite time, is it not? It's time for questions of the week. Yeah. And the question that we have coming in this week is coming from Marilyn M. from Chatsworth. And Marilyn is asking, what is the island's native drink? So the drinks that we mentioned earlier, the painkiller is probably number one with a close second to the bushwhacker. And you said the painkiller was your fave. Yes. 
I don't think we described what the painkiller was other than just saying Brittany liked it. It's rum, pineapple juice, OJ, cream of coconut, topped with a little bit of nutmeg and some garnishes and pineapple. So it's really that nutmeg that kind of sets it apart. Yeah. Nutmeg. 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 You say nutmeg. <laughs> is, it, is it not nutmeg? It's nutmeg. Okay. It's nutmeg. Nutmeg. Whatever. We actually have a second question. Is it nutmeg or nutmeg? <laughs> I believed you. I was like, oh, we have a second. (laughs) It's nutmeg. Potato, potato. Nutmeg. Nutmeg. (laughs) But you know what? Our all-time favorite drink was this pina colada that Kasha got. It was a passion fruit pina colada. I love passion fruit. And it was so good. So, so glad Kasha got that so I could try it. Did you guys have like just regular pina coladas? Yeah, that, that, was, that was our two first. That was our two first. <laughs> yeah. Tasha got two of the passion fruit because we didn't know any better. And then the rest of us, Ryan, Jamal, and myself, we all got the regular pina colada. If I knew that's how it was going to come out, I would have told them one and one. Give me like a passion fruit and give me a regular. I mean, they were the same price. It's still my two for. That's you so know, funny. I hope some of those are ours. Well, yeah, I thought like, oh, well, because I mean, the restaurant was, you know, pretty full for what was going on. And so I was like, oh, maybe she's just carrying multiple drinks for multiple tables. And, you know, they were all ours. She's like, damn, these booze hounds. It's all good. You know what? I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> to quote Kim, I'm proud of nice. you. I love hearing that people are proud of me. <laughs> Sounds like you had an amazing trip. It was a good one, and we're only scratching the surface again. Keep it ready for that future episode talking about St. John, more specifically going to the U.S. Virgin Islands National Park that they have out there. Again, it covers 60% of the island, and that's where we saw a lot more of the sea turtles. So really, really solid, fun information coming up on that, too. To get people even more excited, you can go to our YouTube page, Travel Squad Podcast. We're going to have some sea life videos coming at you very soon oh yeah if you want to see that video that i got which i must say is pretty solid national geographic should buy this off of me if i'm (laughs) being honest i got a solid close-up of a sea turtle chomping the shit out of a jellyfish it is quite awesome go to our youtube page check it out really really cool All right, everyone, that's all we have for you this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please keep the adventures going with us by following us on Instagram and YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast. We now have the Travel Squad Podcast hashtag. If you tag your photos with that, we will share them on our profile. And please send us in those questions of the week. And if you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please make sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, guys, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Woo! Bye, everybody. Bye.